0: The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You, Kruger, my son tells me your company stinks. So Dougals and I are hanging out here. It's a Christmas Eve podcast, and so we were just going to spend a few minutes here uh, potting for our pods, like we like to say over at HardcoreHusky.com. Um we're gonna do uh read some airing of grievances from uh some of the posters at Hardcore Husky and then uh Dougals and I are yeah, gonna yeah. uh Dougals and I are gonna talk a little bit about some uh bowl game memories that we have. Not that the Huskies are playing in a bowl game this year, but uh some uh, memories that each of us have uh, from the past uh, in some bowl games and So Dougals, how are you doing on this uh, cr- this will be dropping on Christmas Eve, so how are you doing on this Christmas Eve?
1: I'm uh, I'm I'm doing great. I actually uh, I got roped into Christmas caroling uh, with some friends. I was supposed to wear a turtleneck. I did not own a turtleneck. I went to Kohl's. I figured I could find one on the clearance rack. I failed. I had to go to a thrift store. Uh, I found one. It was in the women's section. It was like a midriff. I looked like a 1980s husky football player, but nobody could <laughs> see because my sweater covered it. So it was a pretty uh it was a pretty good. Uh, a little little Christmas Eve before Eve, uh, uh, it was it was good. Got some good food, so yeah, I'm, I'm 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 in the spirit.
0: Well, your comment right there about the mid-drift turtleneck thing from a thrift shop—that's going to end up uh, probably launching multiple threads on Hardcore Husky, but yeah, was, um,
1: I look good. Edmund reaching for <laughs> <to> the sky. Nobody <laughs> knew. Uh, that was embarrassing.
0: So. So we I put out the call of uh, about 7 to 10 days ago to the posters at hardcorehusky.com for uh, airing and grievances and uh so we have five people that actually send in a minimum of $20 a piece and, with the ability then to send in their uh, grievance over whatever it is that they want to complain about and then uh, you and I would be uh, reading them on the air. Uh, I guess we have we have four in total, three of them from the from the posters and then one of them from a friend of yours. Um, and so I guess we'll just launch right into those. So you want to start with what Sway's grievance is?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, Sway has a, had a small little grievance here. Sway, shout out. Uh, I know you're, you're going through a lot right now, uh, with the, uh, best poster of the year voting. Um, I know it hasn't been going your way. Hopefully, uh, uh Vanilla can get its servers in there and switch some votes up for you, bud. Um, <laughs> But Sway, he, he wrote in, uh, goes, let's see here, uh, a small disclaimer. Oh, yes. So Sway is the finest minority poster at Hardcore Husky, um, and he wants everyone to know that red lives matter. Also, he wants me to tell Duke DuJour that I love you, and, yes, it's the creepy kind of go through your trash and sniff things, love. If going through her trash can and sniffing certain things is wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh, lastly, please say Montlake Bridge Troll is the worst that ever happened to planet Earth. That is from our, our buddy Sway. So, Sway, I'm glad you got that off your chest. May you live another year, although fatherhood is not being kind to you, is what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> and then uh, we we had the, uh, you were just talking, uh, uh, referencing the uh, poster of the year uh, polling, which ended up uh getting me on the bad side of certain folks here because I uh, omitted a lot of names of people that probably should have been on here, but I was limited to ten. Um and I'm looking at the final voting right now and Du had fifteen votes out of the fifty, there was thirty uh, percent. so she ends up being poster of the year. You were just talking about You were talking about Congratulations a second to ago. So yeah. he got four votes Imagine and eight percent of the vote.
1: Yeah, he, uh, and, and, yeah, imagine that a woman could win, uh, a hardcore Husky poster of the year. It's like a bunch of guys just sweating around their fucking computers in their mom's basement, just voting for her, praying that they have a chance, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what, she brings it over and over and over. Yeah. So, yep. uh, and, uh, a real unique kind of, uh, style to her as well. Um, and the DNC with eight votes, I got to think all eight of those are from his alts, but um, I'm not sure. So. <laughs> so,
1: you know, if I could, if I could have my, so my vote was for Grumble, and I will say, I, I you know, I, I appreciate. I don't know if there's how he has all the time. I would not know anything in the outside world. I don't have a Twitter. Everything I know about the world as it exists is through Grumble posting Twitter links uh, to the website. So, I, without him, I would be lost this year. Uh, in a year where there's so much uh, uh fake news out there grundle has done his best to be the filter for my eyes and i appreciate you buddy uh thanks for thanks for uh helping helping an idiot like me out uh, understanding the world
0: and that's the thing too about grundle he's the closest thing that hardcore husky has to a renaissance man he can make literally make homemade donuts listen to an audiobook uh tutor his uh you know his kids with the homeschooling um, he could do all that at the same time and then end up, and then he's also like posting things on uh, on Twitter and he's checking the boards at Hardcore Husky and he's doing this all at the same time. And it's really unbelievable. So um, he's, he's an interesting guy. So.
1: Yeah. He's like a talented version of Sven. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: um, so I'll go ahead and read uh, Duke jours here. And she, uh, what she did is she listed, I haven't even read completely through all this, but she listed through many of the posters on here with little comments. So this is uh, her own airing of grievances. Uh, To me, she says, uh, changing all my pre-2017 posts so it appears they were written all by real UO duck girl. Uh, To race Bannon, she says, not finishing my kitchen remodel and then having the nerve to tell me that countertops were my fucking problem. Uh, to Grundle, she says, not doing gifts of the South Carolina Auburn game. War fucking Eagle. Um, her grievance oh, okay. to sway. Trying to smooth things over with the fake Birkin handbag. So that must be a... Uh, <laughs> whole restraining order thing there. There's a whole backstory story. Uh, to yeah. Purple Base, she just has an angry red face. So, uh not sure what's going on there. Uh, to Madson, trying to defend Diana Beard when she was sabotaged. Ian's baked Alaska. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss a post? Probably. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> She's the poster Gladstone. of the year. I don't even speak her language. You know, I have no idea. how <laughs>
0: <laughs> To Gladstone, she says, Saying the Haley Mills version of The Parent Trap is superior to Lindsay Lohan's, you Labour Party scum. <laughs> <laughs> to no
1: that's, warning, that's just, a good thread.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving you enough time to uh, comment either because I'm going from from comment to comment here. But um to no warning, just dogs, She says the last American brown ale was a 26 out of 50 at best. Uh, to Yellow Snow, she says, trying to convince me Carly Rae Jepsen is the greatest female vocalist of our generation. So that there, there must have been uh, something from the the record shop. To Husky Hooligan, she says, not meeting me in the men's bathroom at the
1: Duchess.
0: <laughs> 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 uh To 89U, she says, shutting down that four-way. No, I mean five-way. A few more here. To Nacho, she says, how dare you? You know why you fucking KW. What's KW? You know why. Uh,
1: I'm not looking at the screen. I can't help you.
0: Well, alrighty. Maybe she can elaborate on, a, on on the boards there. So, to Dude Couric, she says, "Trying to sell me your used Ultra Boost." Uh, oh, here's one to you, to Dougals, blocking me on Tinder and Grindr and OnlyFans. So apparently, she's holding <laughs> a grudge on that.
1: Got to got to keep her at distance at all platforms. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> And as for the – again, this is her talking. As for the rest of Hardcore Husky Nation, fuck you. And then there's an asterisk, and then it says, except for Pitchwork 51, he's my favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I do like make a run work, for that's the board. Good, good. So now we have a, a, a kind, gentler uh, grievance from uh, post-game word slices, if you want to go with that <laughs> one.
1: Yeah, post game warm slices. He uh he got a grievance in here. Uh I'm going to try my best to read this uh to his standard. Uh PGos, always right. Let's see here. So, uh taking pictures of yourself with your hot 12 jersey on. <laughs> I fucking had it with you faggy 12s. If I see you snapping a cute little 12, you'll wake up walking funny. Watching these fake Johnny-come-lately-bonios on Como 4 Sports, all amped up and dressed up to watch a preseason game, I hope the Hawks go 9-7 and seven, and with their schedule it's possible, just so these lifeless fucks suffer, suffer misery seven weeks this fall. 75% of this asshole fan base was nowhere to be found during the hard times. The same probably never stuck with the dogs during their hard times. Most of them were still living in Minnesota, Illinois, and every other depressed, miserable Midwest or East Coast city or town. They all moved here for jobs and suddenly are putting on hashtag 12 stickers below their eyes on their cheeks, coloring their hair green and running around town with Seahawks, plates, window flags, and we are Super Bowl champs bumper stickers. (laughs) Fuck all y'all. You are Viking fans, Bear fans, Lion fans. You're not moving to my state and claiming champ status. You are 75s, not the 12s. The 75% who didn't own season tickets through the hard times. Who are responsible for the blackouts because you worthless cunts that want to watch a Seahawks game because they were losing? Hope you fucking 12s all. This has been redacted uh, because Derek Johnson's <laughs> name's on the site, but uh, it had something to do with the gas chamber. And that's, uh, that's his full uh, airing of grievance. He laying waste to the 12 nations. I, I get it, brother. That was pretty good.
0: You know what, though? Uh, the, when I read it with my eyes earlier, I didn't piece it together, but as you were reading it just now, I think that, that he uh, plagiarized pup on that one. I think that's a gotta pup close from – I think that's five years it, ago or something.
1: Yeah, well, the spelling on this is definitely very Pompey-esque. Uh, the Johnny-Cum <laughs> lately is uh, spelt C-U-M. Uh, there's some <laughs> other ones in here that are <laughs> very Pumpy like so I wouldn't be surprised uh nice vegan
0: <laughs> um and then you have one from your friend sarah
1: yeah so sarah potamus uh she's not really on the boards but she's been listening to the podcast she she wrote this out uh she said uh, bow down to the superior culture you will always lose to cal the PAC 12 sucks i didn't miss this season at all all of our players are weak Merry Christmas. That was a quick one from Steropod. and a shout out. Thanks for being our only fan out there. Uh we appreciate are you, it.
0: Are are you uh, still trying to get her to get on the boards?
1: Yeah, we'll see. She actually follows football. Uh she knows she knows more than I thought. Uh but we'll we'll try to get her on the uh the boards. I'm sure that uh people are rushing to to fill that screen name out. So hopefully Seropotamus one through uh, one thousand twenty eight aren't
0: taken. <laughs> um, and so yeah, then we'll transition to the other part where it would just thought it'd be um kind of interesting since there's no real live action football to talk about right now. At least in regards to the Huskies. Um Yeah. So got it. yeah. You and I have kind of different, uh, um, you know, life experiences and whatnot in, in relation to the Huskies. And uh, um, so, do you have like a, a particular a favorite a bowl game uh, uh, memory from your years past?
1: Bowl game memory. So I've been to a I couple know you have bowls. a lot of stories. I got a lot of stories. You know, I mean, I've been to so many prestigious bowls. I mean, the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Bowl in San Francisco <laughs> is a big one for me. That's that's where I got my first uh, my first bowl game in. Uh, best, I went to the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, here, here's a good memory. I was trying to get up to the hardcore Husky uh, fan meetup, and if anyone was there at the Rose Bowl. It was just a nightmare trying to find out where this bow down uh, to Washington camp was set up, and I was texting Coker, and I was, you know, direct messaging all these guys, and so I, I knew Dennis Young was there, and I was, uh, I was, so I was looking for a gay black man. That was the only thing I knew about Dennis Young from the board. Well, uh, so I'm just like I can't quite find it. They're, they're not. Everyone's wasted, so they're not really following through with the text to me. And I just, I'm just searching, I'm just searching and then out of nowhere, I finally see this uh, this this black gentleman who looks a little flamboyant. So I was like, all right, that's probably Dennis D.R. So I, I walk up to these, uh, I walk up to the, the tailgate, and I'm just like, Dennis, it's Doodles. And this guy is just fucking <laughs> shut me down, like, who the fuck are you? Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, it, it totally, uh, not to blow DDY's cover or anything, but that is not uh, the person I was supposed to be looking for. Uh, and, and that was a big shit show showing up there, seeing Gladstone open around. Uh, it was uh, it was quite the experience. Uh, as far as uh, happy memories, uh, haven't, I, I got into a brawl on the uh, upper concourse with some Penn State fans. Um, uh, and that was, uh, over a comment that this, uh, super wasted Husky that was next to me, he's sitting there, uh, it was probably the most intense moment of my, my bowl game history. And, and they're just kicking the shit out of us to start that game. And, and, uh, there were these, uh, these, like, I guess I'll just call them, uh, Penn State Guidos. There were about five rows in front of us and we're down, I, I mean, I forget, we're down 21-0, it felt like, right off the gate. And, yeah. um. And he he turns around and and this guy who's wasted just yammering the whole time just you know go dogs he's just the the, the never ending fan no matter what and uh, and the the Penn State Guido turns around looks at him and goes you suck and and uh, without without hesitation the drunk husky fan who's a legend in my mind stands up goes you know who sucks. Your mom, right here. And then he grabs his <laughs> crotch. <laughs> and, and immediately the face on the row of the Penn State fans just dropped. Like they could not believe the audacity of this guy to say that to him. And uh, as soon as that game ended, they immediately about five deep, these guys looked like straight from the Jersey Shore just started climbing up the seats towards us. And I think there was a YouTube video on it about the Penn State. At least there was. It's probably been removed now. Uh, but long story short, the, uh, the guys, uh, got into a little scuffle up there. We lost the game and, uh, it was, uh, quite the, uh, quite the bowl game experience, but I I wish I had more happy memories, but really it's just been loss after loss every time I go.
0: Well, and then in that brawl, you were like trying to like be a buffer and and getting, get between them and then you fell into the guys, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I wasn't actually, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I was trying to stop it, but I was pretty wasted myself, and I could see what was coming. It was about to be a five-on-one massacre, so I tried to, like, uh, get in the way of it, and I trip over the seat, so I end up doing, like, a spear dive into one of the guys, and it was inadvertent, and then my, my watch at the time flew off, and it was, a, it was a nice watch, and I was trying to scramble to get it, and it was, like, this really way awkward right now. And, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the speedmaster flew across the aisle, and, and I'm trying to get to it, and these guys are like, these guys are trying to brawl, and I'm like, time out, game off, game off, guys, game off. I got to get my luck. and uh, and it was like this whole big scramble. Everyone just it, it it ended up spilling out into the concourse. But no, I was not uh, there to instigate. I was trying to break up the fight. I was just too drunk to keep my footing and end up spear tackling some guys. No, that's all.
0: Well, see, and when I think back to. Uh, um... My bowl game uh, experiences, and if we're talking about things that have been that I've seen live, I mean, I've been to this is where Gladstone's gonna like start weeping into his uh, Cheerios or whatever. But um, uh, so I've been to four Rose Bowls, and the Huskies won three of them, and it was the three from the early 90s and then the 2001 game against Purdue. Um, And I'd have to say um, that 91 national championship game where we beat Michigan 34 to 14 and then of course as the final seconds were taking off the clock we didn't know for sure that we were going to be number 1 because they were doing the voting back then and that information wouldn't come out till early the next morning but um you know seeing Don James uh, jog onto the uh, the field there um and we were seated at about the 15 yard line as I remember right at the Rose Bowl um, and that was uh that was really great and then a similar time also uh then would have been what nine, ten years later, the uh nine years later, when um when Heisel was uh hoisted up that trophy and then and, 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 mm-hmm. uh took the microphone and shouted up to Curtis Williams, this one's for you, C dub, or this one's for you, buddy, or something like that. Um yep. Were you there for that one?
1: I was not. I, I followed that season closely. Um, I saw the Curtis Williams game at Stanford actually um that that season's what led me onto the boards so I was just talking to you about that I, I was oh, right, in right. junior high you know I was in junior high and uh, we had to do a pro- a PowerPoint presentation throughout the year so mine was was building it uh through each game and I would do a little blurb on the game and I was a big husky fan and, and every game that would go by I'd I'd do a write up and kind of do my own version of uh, com and I kinda of searched with my thirty minutes of dial up I was allowed, uh, you know, husky football and that's what brought me to, to Dogman initially and, and that's when you were there and race was there and, and I and I it was like Taj Bomar was the big recruit and uh and I kinda of got hooked. You know, it was that was the big deal, four star Taj Bomar. And uh, you know, and that's what that started my lurking phase. I lurked all throughout high school and then kinda of slowly started uh, participating until I Ultimately got banned and uh, moved over with you guys, uh, uh, but but yeah that was a that was an incredible season.
0: I got to see the and old now, state
1: game. I was up in Seattle. That was a pretty good one as well, um, but was not there for the bowl.
0: And now uh, two decades later, you're you're reading a grievance from a, a fellow fan about <laughs> sending Seahawk fans to the gas chamber. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's more of a lateral move. I don't, I don't know what's been going on <laughs> in 20 years, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to look back uh see how the, the internet has evolved. And um, uh, it, it's some of those early posts and some of those early debates and how it all broke out. And that's why I love hardcore Husky. It's it's really one of the last true places of freedom on the internet. You can, you can say whatever you want and, um, and, and, you know, stand, as long as you can take it, you know, you can, uh, you can stay. And uh, uh, it, it's really uh, it's really a, a great great tool, especially in these hard times to to vent a little.
0: Oh, and, uh, he, and so I didn't ask Google to say that. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah I'll um, take
1: my money off the air.
0: Um. <laughs> um, no, but one 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 question I have that kind of pops into my mind here is that I'm about 15 years older than you, and so I want to uh, express something here and then see what it's what your experience has been like so when i was like in my mid teens for example back then there was only about 14 or 15 bowl games and they and then everything culminated on january 1st where you had the big five bowl games and including the the day would end with the rose bowl and then the orange bowl and the sugar bowl and the bowl games would start right around december 17th but there was a there weren't so many like there are now where there's like 34 of them or something. Mm -hmm. And and so when that first bowl game would roll around, it'd be like the freedom bowl or something on December 17th. It would be like on a Tuesday night at 5 PM or something. And it was, that was exciting for me then. And and I would try to watch as many of them as I could. And they, and they seemed to mean something and then everything would build up to that climatic finale on new year's day where you'd have Mm -hmm. the, the major bowl games and everything would play out and then it would be over And I don't know if it's – whether it was a better setup and system back then or whether it was that I was seeing it, you know, uh, as a younger person then and I'm older now, I'm in, in, you know, I'm in my middle age now and and whether that kind of dynamic alters the way that you view something. But to me, it was like – it was a a better layout and it was more exciting. And so now – for you where you're about 15 years younger than me and you come along a bit later what was your experience like in your mid teens in regards to your relationship with the bowl season and and your experience through that
1: so yeah I mean just watching sports in general um I kind of I feel like I'm in the sweet spot of ages because I grew up where I was a kid in the 90s Uh, I'm old enough where I didn't have a cell phone I wasn't attached to a screen I had to you know run around outside and unsupervised and play and learn all that stuff and you know scrape my knees and I was allowed to play you know smear the queer and all these other things that you know we can't do and uh, or say and, and and not that that's good or bad but it, it just was a, a lot less protected and then and then I was still young enough when technology came around and the reason I say that is when I look at a lot of these older games I don't 100% remember that you're talking about from the 80s even the early 90s when I was just really like you know three years old um, there's no cell phones, there's no corporate banner going across, and everyone has nothing to do but watch the game. They are 100% mm. focused on and locked in on the game. And you look at those atmospheres, and you see this, where I really notice this is basketball um, and, and, and college football too, but like in like those venues where everyone is like watching every single bounce because they have nothing else to do, and that's why they're there. And there's a certain intensity into that environment um, that I just don't think will ever be replicated in the new era. But there's just too many banners, and it's not even the banners, but it's really the cell phones. It's it's even when I see on YouTube, it's great that we capture these moments from all these different angles. I can't help but in the back of my mind think somebody was watching that moment through a screen to the moment, and and it it takes you out of it a little bit. And um, whether it's checking Instagram, posting a, a photo while you're at the game, you know they want you to do all that stuff so that you can get. You know, uh, put on the hashtag, and you're you're checking your your notifications. So there is just so much distraction, and that's that's something that's really lost. So when you look at the bowl games now, the corporatization of the whole system. Um, you know, I remember, like you said, being a kid, and I would sit down and I'd watch these games with my dad, and it's just like every game seemed to have a little bit more pizzazz. But but as they started getting watered down, I remember when the Holiday Bowl was a big deal. We were just talking about. Uh you know, 96, uh, you know, Corey Dillon uh, and the Huskies playing against Colorado. Like, they were number eight. We were, I think, number 13 or something. And it was like, a yeah. we win. We had 10 wins, which was a big deal. And um, there was still, you know, this sense of pride that goes into it. And um, now it's like our second-place team plays another league's, you know, third- or fourth-place team. And, and the Pac-12 in particular has been just kind of uh, skewered as far as these go. So we're always kind of the favorite in all of our bowl games, and we still <laughs> lose. Um, which is never, you know, a good sign. But even if we, like, like I think a couple of years ago we swept the, the table, it doesn't mean anything. When a 6-6 six and six UCLA beats a 6-6 six and six Nebraska, you know, it's like, well, what does that even mean? Um, and so it is – I get it. There's TV money. Uh, but, yeah, you can't care about – I'll watch – like, some college football is better than no college football. But having that sense of, like, a big moment, that's what you really – if you've if you played sports or if you're competitive yeah. in general, that's what you live for is, like, that moment – and the storyline, and it's, it's something that's earned. The, the, the moment itself is earned. The hard work that it takes to even get there is appreciated, and that's really—I mean—I would like to see it come back to that. I—I I, I don't. I, my experience is—you know—I have a bunch of Vegas. I've seen like, the Craft Cheese Bowl. I went to the Vegas Bowl when we lost uh, to Peterson and Boise that year. Uh, saw saw ASJ, who was like 18 or 19 at the time, down at the craft Stables in the in the Mandalay Bay, you know, and. Uh, and it's like it's like you go to these games and it's just a it's just a vacation i guess um but there's no real like we lost the game i guess we're mad but what, what does that even mean um so so yeah i mean from my perspective it's it's not i i i love watching old films and that's the number one thing i noticed is the fan engagement is on a entirely different plane and i remember mm. that from i went to the, the 94 uh game these are my early memories in 94 i was lucky enough to see us play ohio state my grandpa and grandma went to ohio state so we always did that and we actually saw a game in columbus the next year in 95 and i remember i remember guys like cursing at me um just screen i mean like i was you know eight years old and i was getting just berated out there and um they, they don't give a shit out there in ohio they will talk shit to a kid um, and, but like that kind of atmosphere was like, whoa, this is cool. I mean, this is, this is, that is the definition of all in. And, um, And this
0: is where I'm, I'm going to be like my dad though. I'm going to correct you. That was, had to have been 93.
1: Uh, no, no, we played them in 95. It was with Leon Neal. It was a year after, uh. Um, no,
0: 94, we, we them beat in 93 him 93 with Napoleon. Too. 93, yep, we Alex lost there, to him. We lost to them when they had Big Daddy Wilkerson as the War Daddy. That was the first time I ever heard the term War Daddy.
1: Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off one. No, yeah, we played them again in '95 at Ohio State. Did we State. really? I just looked it up. I, I know because I had oh. a button that said, said I had one of those, uh, you know, uh, pregame buttons they get out from that one. Uh, Yeah, we played at number ten Ohio State. We were number eighteen, and we lost twenty to thirty. They had Eddie George. uh, That was Eddie George's Heisman year. He was running all over us.
0: Oh, okay. I'm I'm, I stand corrected then. Okay, wow. But that was uh,
1: that was (laughs) that was an experience. Well, that game I had probably the coolest moment. No, it's not a bowl game, but we were outside. They have an athletic uh, building where all their trophies are kept. And my dad's kind of a big, burly-looking guy, and he kind of looks like a football coach. Um, and and we're sitting there, and we're locked out of the building. We're just we're just you know hanging out around the campus, trying to explore, kill some time. And uh, Bobby Hoing was the quarterback at the time, and he was on a payphone, and he was on the other side of the door, and the door was locked. And my dad went to open it, and it didn't open. And so Bobby Hoing, the quarterback, he, he kind of just. Stops talking on the phone and just kind of leans over and pushes the door open and lets us in. So I'm just like starstruck. So we're walking through this hallway and it's a, it's totally their football building and uh, they got the Heis Archie Griffin Heisman trophies there. I mean all of this, all of the all the hardware is there. I'm just my eyes are huge. It was really cool. And coming down the hall, I swear to God, it's Eddie George and Terry Glenn walking side by side it's like the two largest teams uh-huh. I've ever seen. And and they walk right by and I just stare at them and they, and they say like, hey. And, and and we just keep walking. Like dad's, like, pretend like we are, you know, I don't know, like I'm an old player or something. And as we go down the <laughs> hall, John motherfucking Cooper, John Cooper, who's the head coach at the time, he shows yeah. up and he kind of looks at my dad, keeps walking, and he, t- he stops dead in his tracks, does like a d- double take. And he's like, what the f- – who the hell is, is this guy supposed – and then he keeps going. It was, it was like we had infiltrated Ohio State somehow. It was one of those cool memories, and we got to hang out in there and take a bunch of pictures and – we got on the field. I, I pulled some grass from, the, from, the, from uh, the stadium and put it in a little bag. I was a big collector, still am, but uh, that was just a really cool experience. But that kind of, uh, that kind of experience, I think, mean, as far as the game day, uh, you just don't see people 100% locked into what the, what's going on with the action. There's just too many distractions, both personal and uh, external.
0: You know, and it's um... – because I'll say this, too. It's like, what I remember specifically when, um, God, this would have been pre Barber Hedges, so this would have been back in the 90, 89, 88, 87, 86, right in there. But there would, uh, Husky fans, by and large, would make an effort to get to their seats like 20 minutes before kickoff. So the stadium would never be completely packed, but it would be like about 90% full or 85% full, even 20 minutes before kickoff. And and the empty seats would be down like in the fun zone where it was so horrible. You couldn't see anything, anyways, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you would hear the uh, the rumble of the drums from the marching band inside the tunnel. And it would be slowly getting louder and louder and building and building, and you could feel it coming, but you couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And then the the marching band would 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 spill out, and then they would form the uh, the tunnel, and then. The the husky players would uh, uh, would uh, congregate at the mouth of the tunnel, and and start like you know jumping up and down and stuff. The crowds just going ape shit and everything, and then they would all run out, and it was it was um, it, even that to itself was an event. And there wasn't all the purple smoke and all that stuff and the the flashing klieg light things going around the perimeter of the stadium. It wasn't it was very blue collar. And we had the old-fashioned C-First Bank scoreboard and all that. And now where there's all this attempt with the – I'm not saying the purple smoke and all that is bad or whatever, but I'm saying there's a lot of – it's a lot of sizzle over substance, and then you have all this effort to make a grand, uh, (coughs) you know, um, not gesture, but what's the word I want? Uh, A a grand entrance, Mm -hmm. and – and yet you you look around. If you're sitting there, you look around, and there's just shitloads of empty seats everywhere. And, you know, and then people are in the zone. People are in the zone at halftime as well. and uh, Or they're very, very late getting to the stadium. And and, and also I want to add something to a kind of an adjunct to what you were saying earlier about cell phones and the lack of engagement <laughs> is that Joe Rogan said on one of his podcasts multiple times, actually, in previous months, he talked about there was a certain um, Fourth of July celebration he was at and that fireworks were going off overhead, and he paused and looked around him, and the majority of people around him were, like, watching it through their cell phones. And he's yep. like, you're, you're here. It, yep. Enjoy it with your eyes. You're trying to capture yeah. something for later when you're here right now. Um mm-hmm. And there's and there's a it's something that's like it's sapping a little bit of humanity out of uh, out of existence there. Um, so and and uh, not not to get this Dude. conversation going into yeah, a, a weird bent, but
1: yeah, you're oh you're absolutely right though. Um, think about I think people keep less of their pictures even though we take a million more pictures. At least this is my experience. When I used to have like a wind up camera or something at the game, I'd snap it or you know actual film. I have those pictures, and I have them in like frames, or they're they're with me. I don't know how many cell phones I have full of photos that I have broken or lost, never to recover. And I know there's like the cloud and all that shit, but like, I honestly, I have I have thousands of pictures on my phone. I have not looked back at anything. The only thing I use it for now is like taking screenshots, right? I got all the screenshots I need on that thing. But like the <laughs> the 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 reality is, yeah, we're 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 trying to. Save things for later, and then we just never really experience them at, uh, at all. <laughs> and 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 that goes. And this is not just a problem with the Pac-12 and the West Coast. I mean, I right. think uh, 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 Nick Saban a couple of years ago just ripped into the Alabama fans because they had a noticeable amount of empty seats. They were playing. I think it's when the SEC kind of later in the season they they have like a a Georgia Southern or some one double A uh, you know south southwest or southeast school out there. And there was like, you know, seventy to eighty thousand people there instead of like the ninety six or whatever at home. And he said right. something, well I guess we're not winning enough, like go find another team. I guess it's not in there. He really he ripped into the fan base, like, where are you? Um and, and this goes to a whole and we can go on a whole nother conversation about like the future of football. But you know, you look back at the old days and there was like this blood, this gut, this glory and this you know, you, you know, you knew that you could die out there and it was such a game about, you know, intimidation and, and just dominating your opponent. And now, um, you know, the rule changes, which for player safety, um, taking away some of that, guys that, you know, thrived and made a living off of being the enforcers, can't even play in today's game. And And so as people kind of back away from that and the sacrifice that was once necessary to be a good football player... Um, you know, it loses some of that loses some of that engagement value. I want to see fast guys. I want to see guys make moves. I want to see big collisions. You don't want to see injuries. Um, it's a violent game, though, and, and we are lying to ourselves. A part of the reason that we're not, uh, you know, attracted to it is because there is this battle going on out there that's very physical, um, and and you're going to see something. I mean, I just love watching people get blown up just as much as I love seeing someone. Uh, you know, juke someone out of their shoes. And and that is being I, – I absolutely hate the rules. The airing of grievance, like the ZTF sack fumble that was called a a penalty, stuff like that that you see over and over again. Big game-changing plays um, that change who wins and loses. Um, you know, being taken away because they're flagged or someone gets touched or – I just, it, it makes the game frustrating to watch. It loses some of that engagement just because it's not as entertaining of a game. Um And it becomes more frustrating. And then now you, you add, when you add, you know, more decisions for refs, well now we get into that whole conversation and who, you know, they want them to win and how confident they are and whatever it may be. And, and so I think that the future of football is, is kind of, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's not on the upward trajectory. It's still number one, football is king. Uh, but who, who knows, you know, you can't, you can't merchandise it as well. It's hard to keep things organized half the time. You know, it's just, it's it's not encouraged for young kids to play anymore. So um, you're just, it's a whole nother animal. I don't think you'll ever get that uh, do or die. I mean, we got players today that congratulate their supposed rivals for for winning the conference championship and and me saying that, it that makes me look like a caveman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so, it, some people would say, "Well, aren't you a caveman? What's wrong with being a good sport? And what's wrong with this?" And it's like, "Oh, maybe I guess I am a slight caveman. I don't like seeing my rivals win shit, especially if I, you know, I, I want to win. I want to I want to win, and and uh, uh, and I want to do whatever is necessary to make sure that that happens. And it's okay to be a little mean, but I mean, well, I guess here, that's toxic these days.
0: Well, here's the deal though, because um, Okay, let me let me just make up an example. So let's say that it's like a a beautifully hard fought football game comes right down to the wire, and I'm just we'll just make this up here. But let's say that Washington is playing Arizona State, and the Huskies kick a last second field goal to win it, um, or or whatever, whichever team wins, it doesn't matter in this scenario. It was a, it was it was a beautiful battle. It was brutal all the way to the end. And I want to see both head coaches meet out at midfield and one guy looking like his life is ending and the other one is is trying to uh, stifle his uh, elation long enough to shake the guy's hand. And I want to see that mm-hmm. sportsmanship there. Um, but I don't want to see uh, Keith Taylor taking to Twitter and congratulating Oregon and telling them to rep the North or whatever Um that that really really uh, bothers me, and it obviously bothers a lot of other people as well. But um, and and that kind of shit is just where it's like I think it's where in this day and age of narcissism and virtue signaling, and it's and it shows itself and manifests itself in in, in situations like that, as well as all the uh, the uh, uh, you know these people that are so wrapped up with their phones, and that includes me sometimes, you know, but. Um, but not not when I'm at the game, you know, watching something live like that. And I just wish I could just transport these people back to uh, just one quarter at Husky Stadium in 1986 or whatever and just be able to get away from their phones just long enough to just see that there's a whole other reality there where you're more engaged with your environment around you and, and – uh, you know, I didn't expect our conversation tonight in this podcast to go this direction, but, um, but I guess that's where it kind of went. But, um, anyways, it's, uh, I don't know if there's any way to ever get back there or not because, you know, it's, it's the cell phone has become too much of an extension of ourselves. And, um, and, uh, you know, that's a whole other conversation like you were saying a few minutes ago. So. I, I,
1: I ro- it's kind of ironic with the, the, uh, uh, the most fan engagement I actually see these days is in, like, electronic e-sports. Playing
0: Madden, right um, uh,
1: two guys playing Madden, you know, and they're just like, you know, a thousand teenagers live, just eyes glued to the screen, watching these guys duke it out, you know, not a phone in sight, and a couple other million watching online, just eyes glued to the screen. So maybe there's are something. you got to watch the world through a filter, but but uh, yeah i doubt I, do- I doubt uh i doubt it ever gets the way it was and if you're if you're listening at home uh do yourself a favor and look up an old youtube big time sports moment um even just you know like basketball look at some of the lakers celtics games look at some of these like famous uh games and just really focus in on the crowd and, and how they're they're every single moment they're, they're watching it and um and then go to, like, a big moment in the last couple of years here, you know, in the, in the modern era, and just notice the difference. It, it, no matter how big the moment, it doesn't seem to be the same um, because the fan engagement's all over the place. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's, well, that's, that's that's it, you know.
0: Here's here's what we'll do. We'll wrap up the show tonight with um, – I'm going to give my, uh, my favorite Madden memory personally, and if you have one, you can give one, and then we'll wrap it up. But so – 1990 I want to say it was December uh I think um my first roommate and he was from uh, Flint Michigan he's a big giant guy 6 foot 2 270 or whatever um loved Michigan uh, Wolverines hated the Huskies um and uh so it, there was a big snowstorm and we were we had a we had a kind of a rundown old apartment in Bellevue, and um, we would stay up all night playing uh, Madden, and we have the old Madden on Sega Genesis, where uh, he, my roommate loved, uh, Ricky was his name, he loved uh, Dan Marino, so he would use Dan Marino in Miami, and he would just drop back and throw bomb after bomb, and then, like, uh, Clayton and whoever whoever the receivers were, they would sometimes, just because of the way the game was designed, they could get like 10 yards behind the DBs for easy touchdowns, you know. So, yeah. My dad, uh, in his uh, in his younger days, was a pretty decent golfer, and he had a bunch of trophies and stuff, and there was one trophy that was uh, in his uh, den, and it got knocked over by uh, one of the uh, family cats, and it broke the golfer guy off the uh, the top of it. And so I asked dad, I was, you know, I wasn't living in the house, was living in an apartment, but I said, hey, do you mind if I borrow that trophy? And he said, sure, because the golfer guy was broken off of it. And so Ricky and I, we had this thing. We put a a thing on it. It was called the cleavage cup. And so whoever would win our Madden showdowns, they would get the giant trophy that said cleavage cup on it. And um, so Ricky was very, very loud. In addition to being very big, he was very loud I would use the Cincinnati Bengals, and I love to use the short passing attack, which was basically, I guess, like West Coast offense or whatever. So I would go 7, 10 yards, just right on down the field methodically, and I would keep scoring. He would do the Dan Marino drop back and throw these Hail Marys over and over and over. So I've got a lead on him, and I've got him at, like, his own eight-yard line, and there's, like, four seconds left in the game. And this is, like, 2.30 in the morning or whatever, The snow's coming down outside, and I'm about ready to win the Cleavage Cup. And he drops Dan Marino back and throws this huge rainbow bomb down the field. And, of course, my DB is like 10 yards behind the guy. So he he catches it and gets like a 92-yard touchdown. Time runs out. He wins. I was so distraught. Then I went outside in the snow barefoot <laughs> and uh, just 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 pissed off. And then he's standing at the door. And again, him talking was like uh, it was like through a blare horn or something, a bullhorn. It was he was very loud. And he's so it's two thirty in the morning in this quiet complex, and he's yelling at the top of his lungs, "Cleavage, cleavage, mine, 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 mine!" And he's doing this little funky dance. <laughs> <laughs> so that I start yelling at him and then he locks the door for a few minutes so I can't get back in the apartment. So I'm yelling and banging and everything. And it was just, and the neighbors were complaining the next day. And, uh, so there's my, uh, matted story.
1: <laughs> I was, I was so, never, uh, yeah, I never there. was locked out, never locked out in the snow after failing uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. That was the problem. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I, you know, I didn't play as much Madden. I played a lot of the NCAA games, and I loved running the option with two Yasusopo. Um <laughs> So I played uh, EA Sports uh, NCAA Football 2001, I think is what I had. I think I had a – not Desmond Howard, but I had a – I forget who, who was on the cover, but, but I would run the option, and I would, I would do dynasty mode. And let me tell you, if I was the – I know I'd be a better athletic director because – we won, I think, sixteen national championships in a row because of my recruiting prowess in dynasty mode. <laughs> I would simulate. I would stay up all night. I mean, I would recruit, simulate games that I thought I would win, play the ones I wouldn't, uh, build up my prestige to five stars. I mean, I had I had guys. I was recruiting national. I mean, Washington was a big time school. I think I got up to like two thousand thirty five. I was just obsessive on that game and. And, and Tui Asasopo running the option initially out the gate. I'd always change the stats because, of course, we didn't get any respect even back then. And I, I was like, you know, Tui clearly <laughs> Tui's clearly a 97 in in in, in speed. Uh, which <laughs> I, I would make I would I would make like basically Isaiah stand back. You know, I'd make make the fastest, strongest version of Tui possible, and just and and run the option with him nonstop. And and those are those are great times. But I I just my big memory is just staying up throughout the night, you know, trying not to wake up anyone in the house and just simulating seasons over and over and over again until I won, you know, back to back to back to back road bowls. Kinda of what Oregon's doing right now. Um so so that was that was uh that was my big uh video game experience. But besides that, I do have a a, a quick little grievance for for uh Gladstone um, you know and, and i guess I'll throw you in there as well you know gladstone sure. earlier when we had it, we had a tournament uh he decided to give me the 14th seed uh in the in the hardcore husky uh, poster tournament showdown and, and it's clear it's clear that i just don't get the respect when i was a 14th seed put me up against Wilbur. i got smashed and actually gladstone and i have a history we exchanged numbers uh for the usc game in 2016 uh, through through private message, and I was supposed to meet up with him at, at Earl's. Well, he gave me the wrong number. So Gladstone gave me a fake number. I stumble into Earl's. I actually run into Husky J Dub and, and his family. It's just kind of funny, but that's a, that's a story for another time. But but uh, but uh, the um, uh, yeah, Gladstone seated me low, and as a result, got smashed by Wilbur. Uh, that was really uh, painful. And then, you know, clearly not getting placed. Uh, into the, the best posters. Uh, not making the top 10 uh, is it, it just, just hurts my little dude heart. But there's always next year, I got to be a better poster. I got to come back. I got to work on the film, clean some things up, show some resilience. Um, I'm Dougal's 2.0. Uh, uh, Sumlin is my coach. Uh, we're going to get back out there. We're going to clean some things up. It's going to be a, a good 2021. Um, Pac 12 or bust. Uh, I will say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all that other stuff uh, to all the hardcore Husky fans out there. Um, what a strange year it has been, uh, but uh, it's 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 number one Pac-12 title or 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 the the program is over 2021.
0: Well, and I guess we'll see whether we're holding uh, holding fast to that same narrative by next fall or whether we're going to move the goalposts again because I suspect that we would say, all right, you know what? Well, Jimmy's got one more year or whatever, but uh, uh, but who knows? Maybe we will. I don't know. But, um, but yeah. Uh, I can almost um, predict
1: gonna... the, the COVID season. The COVID season doesn't count. Give him one more year. I can already see Oh, that. you know but... that's
0: coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then there'll be uh, the real the hardliners in, in Jimmy's camp would say, uh, you know, the COVID season doesn't count, and you got to give him at least three years. So then we're we're back into the 2025 is going to be special type of thing. But but I don't know. I, I also don't want to uh, you know uh, close the door on any possibilities here because it's possible that you know yeah Jimmy might be a little bit immature with some things that he does or whatever. But um, he's obviously a talented guy uh, as well, so if he can corral all these things and, uh, you know, maybe something special could be built here and we'll see results of it as soon as next year. I don't know. Recruiting's got to get better. And uh, the uh, anyways, with stuff that we've already talked about and we can talk about more in future episodes. But anyways, yeah, later tonight, uh, I'll be writing a little thing on HardcoreHusky.com just kind of. Briefly summarizing the year and expressing some gratitude that I have for, uh, you know, the the posters and the great support that the site, uh, the people have shown for the site this year, even though there's the the truncated season and and all the craziness and chaos that's been going on. So I'll express some thoughts on that. Um, Otherwise, uh, just I'll echo what Dougles is saying, Uh, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy New Year to everybody um, we're uh, we're glad you're uh you're all here and uh you know hanging out from day to day on hardcore husky and uh look forward to a good year ahead so uh Dougal's, um this this podcast uh kind of uh what what did you say rejuvenating it or whatever or kicking it back into gear uh this it's been oh. fun and uh, i look forward to next Re- year
1: resurrecting uh,
0: resurrected <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah i look forward to the coming year in and, and, and podcasting with you as well
1: yeah, it's a good time. It's uh it's fun, it's something to do when the when the team is uh uh not in action unfortunately. So it's it's good stuff. I love the dogs and and unfortunately I don't think that's ever gonna change. So here we are. There's a
0: there's a slogan. So Alright man, <laughs> well, we'll 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 talk real soon.
1: All right, go dogs.
0: Hey, go dogs.
2: Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level level of cyber peyote, peyote, come join Swain's Wigwam. I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's
0: Wigwam, yeah.
2: Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. After he did that one, but.